Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, everybody, coming in with Six Pack Discussions here. You got Cody and Jared. Um, we are talking about uh, Scandinavia. The Nordic model, as you may have heard, um, you know, is it socialist? Um, is it democratic socialism? Is it social democratic? What is, is it? Is it a market economy? Yeah. What is Scandinavia? Um, you know, first off, um, you know, what is Scandinavia? Uh, you know, what is the Nordic countries? Uh, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland. Finland, Iceland. So really five countries make up what, what most people would call Scandinavia. Um, this is a, a very common phrase um, or, or kind of, I guess, fact that is touted by people looking to improve the U.S. capital system. Say the happy scale. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Hey, those are the <laughs> happiest it. people. I knew it. They always take up five of the top ten spots. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> the Nordic model really hey, focuses. what are we drinking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Come Dude, on, man. Introduce it, bud. So uh, today we are drinking Mother Road Brewing Company's Conserve Protect Golden Ale. There so we're going to, you know, drink down one and then here in about, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so, we're going to rate it and uh, maybe go over the pros and cons and for, yeah. for a day. Yeah. Um, they focus, you know, on socialist type policies and really <clears throat> we're going to kind of dig down and deep and, and say, hey, you know, what are their policies that maybe some people may like? And then what are the policies that maybe just don't seem very American? What, what do you mean socialist policies? Maybe that's because because okay. that's that's a pitfall because yeah. even even the great use of a yep. was social security hundred percent that is a socialistic policy so yeah. I don't want to I just want to use buzzwords whenever the, and and I didn't think that was intentional yeah I just want to make sure that our viewers isn't like saying oh America if you're not a hundred percent American you're wrong yeah no every 100%. every country. robust company I'm, company I'm sorry every robust country has socialistic policies yeah policies that are for the general welfare of everybody and and actually I even wrote down here what is socialism. Because a lot of people point to socialism is prevalent in in the Nordic model, and that's why they're successful. So real quick, let's just define what socialism is, because to Jared's point, there are policies that are similar to what socialist economies would have, but mm -hmm. they're not socialist-based economies. Right. So socialism is a political, social, and economic philosophy um, really centered around um, a range of economic and social systems characterized by the social ownership of the means of production and workers' self-management of enterprises. So really what this means is, is that there is no um, privatization of land ownership, and privatization of uh, ability to own your own home, um, the ability to own your own farm. Everything is owned by the entire group or the state. Put yeah. it simple, right? So, so the government tells you what you need, where you live, mm -hmm. your healthcare, yep. your pay, everything essentially is taken care of. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, speak illy, yeah, ill of this. Um, just the model strongly suggests that the government has your best interest in mind, and they are going to take care of every facet of your life. Yeah, if you provide X amount of wheat per year, we're going to provide you with X amount of wheat back so you can feed your family, mm -hmm. and you're going to have a house over your head, mm -hmm. a government provided home. Government provided food, government provided clothing, all the items that you need to live your life. Mm -hmm. That's what socialism really is. And there's been a couple of countries that really actually tried to do this, right? If you think of the Soviet Union, 
um, back in the beginning days with Lenin um, and all India, the way. Yep. India has tried this. China has tried China. this. Sweden, part of. In the Sweden. 80s, yep. I think I read. Yeah. They have yeah. done this. I think 80s or um, Cuba historically has done this. Venezuela has recently done this. A lot of countries have moved towards a socialist program where it really just means that, hey, the state owns everything. Privatized ownership is no longer allowed. You know, Jared, you own this house. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to own this house anymore. It's owned by the state. Mm-hmm. And how many bedrooms do you have here? Four. Four? Do you need four? Nope. Okay, well, we're going to have to move in maybe somebody because it's better use of government-provided property. It's a really holistic view. It is the betterment of everyone, not at the sacrifice of any one individual's accomplishments. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny. I came across a term, I guess it's very common in Sweden, and in most of Scandinavia, it is, I don't know, I can't say it because it's Swedish, of course, (laughs) but... um, what it means, and I guess if you're a Nordic listener, and you're in Scandinavia, or you're in America, and you are Scandinavian, you probably know what this means. But it essentially says that um, no one is special. Yep. That's that's a very common term. Did you come across that at all for Swedish people? Not that specific. So no one is special, and the idea is is that to be the exact opposite of Americanism, right? Where we are. Hey, the individual be special. has the opportunity to bloom Get where special. you're planted. Yep. Exactly. Become what you want to be. In, <laughs> in Sweden, and in, in Norway, Finland, they say, hey, no one is special. Don't stand out. Don't act out. Become part of the group. Mm-hmm. Very, very different from our type of commonality ideology. Would you agree? Oh, I mean, couldn't be more opposite. Right. Which is actually in part why maybe the Nordic model only works in the Nordic countries. 100%. Right. So just to provide a little bit more background, where this really got, you know, of course, it's been a thing for, for quite some time now in the Nordic countries. I think, you know, since, I would say probably the 90s is whenever it really started to flourish, you know, the Nordic way. Mm-hmm. And obviously prevalent ever since then. Yeah. But this is starting to gain U.S. traction. And as far as, you know, kind of this wishful thinking of, of people 30 and younger. And it's been heavily popularized by both Bernie Sanders and AOC. Um, I saw their names a lot. Probably more than the names of the countries. I was seeing Bernie Sanders and AOC actually. Yeah, they must they must um, uh, mention these people a lot. Well, yeah, what it is is they've kind of gone a little clickbaity because in the Nordic countries, you know, they have free healthcare, they have yeah. you know free education, they have a robust, well built. Um, retirement program right and yes. then you know of course the the leave aspect or um pensions pensions I child mean, support i mean oh my gosh they have everything so they tend to talk about the highlights and like hey guys all this stuff results in five all five scandinavian countries are in the top 10 for happiest countries in the world yeah so guys the play is simple we're just gonna run what they're running in denmark run it over here in america boom all of our world problems are i'm sorry all of our country's problems are fixed but they, that's basically the summation of yeah. their of their campaigns, right? Yeah, they want to say, hey, they got some really cool things that I think a lot of Americans, and it's funny that you mentioned, I saw the same stat, um, a majority of people under the age of 30. Oh, it's a crazy amount of number of people. Would, would like to see all these same benefits. And I, I think between me and you, I wouldn't mind, you know, having universal health care, free education, um, social security, Unemployment compensation up to 300 days, yeah. uh, housing loans, uh, uh, all things. No, unemployment compensation for up to 300 days, 100% of your pay for yeah. 300 days, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's wild. Absurd, right? And so those are all things that I think most people will say, yeah, I, sign me up, please. Until you look at the potential cost 
for said services, right? The taxes it, it, are crazy. And I actually, I, I did a little, I did a little math here. I don't know if you wouldn't. Oh, I, I just looked at the difference in tax okay. rates. I didn't actually apply any. Yeah. Any so I said, Hey, it. you know what? If, if I were to take, let's not say the minimum wage, but let's just say a $15. Oh, you, you want to mark on the minimum wage thing? Since you just touched that, how they don't have well, a minimum wage. Yes. None of the Nordic countries have a minimum wage. I was blown away. I would have never thought that in a yeah. thousand years. I knew that previously. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Very interesting. So they don't have a minimum wage, but let's just say there's no minimum wage. And, and in America, I think everybody, you know, says, Hey, $15 an hour. That's yep. what we kind of need. So for a 15 an hour, $15 an hour job in America, oh, you would earn about okay. $31,000 a year. And I think you're considered at that point, if you're an individual, probably a low to middle income earner. Yeah. Right. Low to middle. So you're not, you're not a high, you're not what we would call a higher income earner. You're not a top 10 percenter. You're not a top one percenter. So, you know, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in America. You're going to be actually paying about 60% in taxes or $5,000. So your take home pay would be about $26,000 in America. So that same exact job. Um, now, of course, it doesn't translate to $15 an hour. It's in a different type of currency, but the equivalent, the, yeah, the, the equivalent of a $31,000 an hour in American dollars or $15 an hour, your take-home pay would be $17,421 with a tax rate of 43.8%. Yeah. <clears throat> now, that's just if you didn't buy anything all year long because, I don't know if you saw this as well, Almost all Scandinavian, Scandinavian countries also have a very v- high VAT tax. I was going to say the VAT. Value added tax. 25%, which, right? 25%. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, um, a VAT tax is what we would probably kind of consider a sales tax. Yeah. It, it's a little bit different um, in how it works throughout the entire journey of the product, but what we would call is a sales tax. When you go to buy something, just imagine paying 25% probably actually more to be honest because value added tax actually gets taken into account multiple times throughout mm-hmm. the product cycle. But let's just say you go down to buy a Coke. Imagine paying a 25% value added tax or sales tax on it. Now sales tax or VAT taxes are historically called regressive tax systems, mm-hmm. meaning that low income earners and mid- middle income earners actually get hurt the most. Bingo. Cause yeah. they buy a lot of goods in comparison to high income earners based on their amount of take home pay. Mm-hmm. So that $17,000 that you take home ends up being very small. And so guess what? You do get the free healthcare. You do get all of that things. But what if you don't need to use all that stuff? That's where it kind of gets into an adverse situation where, wow, if I was in America, I'd take home 11, sorry, almost $12,000 more a year because of the tax system with a, a $15 an hour job. That's that's a big difference. Oh, that's a massive difference. $12,000 a year. Massive difference. Th- that's what some people get paid for a full year. So you know what's really interesting, man, is right now a lot of the a lot of the bills that are being proposed, you know, I've, I've heard anywhere from, oh, if you make under $200,000 a year, you're not going to see any increase in taxes and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind yeah. of the, the mantra. I, is it 200, 400? I mean, it, it, it's, some, it's some amount of money that it's would be considered a high earner. Right? Yeah. You won't be affected. Oh, cool, man. I can get behind that. But in America, the top 10% pay 47% of all of the tax revenue in America. The top 10% in the Nordic countries pay just about over 25, 26%. Dude, I'm that's, that's wild to me how 
everyone, everyone pays a shit ton, I think is a technical term. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where in America, like the top 10% pay almost a majority of the taxes. Yeah, almost half. Yeah. It's funny because that was actually one of my inter- interesting takes I was going to save for a little I, later. I couldn't believe You that. found that I one. I couldn't believe that, man. I thought it was good fine because I'm like, my God. Like, like the difference between low income and high income earners only pay about 2% difference in tax. Yep. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is billionaires still do exist in the Scandinavian countries. I think, uh, an article I wrote, I'm sorry, an article I wrote, an article 30. I read, I think 30, 30 yeah. in Sweden and yeah. 10 in, in Denmark. Yeah. But yeah. we're you wouldn't expect that, but no guys, where do they go to get created? It's Sweden, uh, Ikea. I'm pretty sure the guy founded, you know, Ikea, probably a billionaire, right? Um, no, I love that you found that one. Here's, um, here's something that I didn't know. Finnish, Finnish, right? I think they're kind of like probably the least spoken about of most of the Nordic countries. Um, but people from Finland, um, from the top to the bottom, low-income earners to the top income earners, talking about tax rates, they all pay more than 50%. So it doesn't matter if you make $10,000 a year or $100,000 a year. 50%, 50% or more. <clears throat> At a certain point, you definitely get less results. Right, we we all know if 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 the government tax you one hundred percent, would anybody work? Mm-hmm. Or if they pay, if, you, if they tax you zero percent, right? So yeah, there's but... some per magic number in between, but fifty percent starts kind of really feeling, and that's not even including the VAT tax. Now here's the interesting one: Who are they not taxing as aggressively in the Nordic countries as they do here in America? You know, I don't think I can. I'm only assuming companies. Yeah, companies, yeah. businesses. Yeah. So businesses and companies are, are taxed around 20%. Mm. Okay, I didn't come across that specifically. Okay. 20% is kind of the average in Nordic countries. So they're very, very high business focused. They want to in, uh, encourage entrepreneurship. They want to encourage new businesses. They want to encourage investment in business. So with those very deliberate, very intentional acts from an economic standpoint, that right there dispels is the Nordic way socialism. I think so. Because I mean, that's an irrefutable point. I don't think, I don't think you can say any of those countries with the exception of Norway, because Norway, 33% of their stock market is owned by one entity, the government that starts feeling like they own. And when you own things, you have control of things. So 33% is a high amount. It's not is, socialism. Is, they're all kind of like, oil. In. So I was supposed to say, is that the oil to where they are just essentially a board member? Yeah. Yeah. They're a board member. That, that was the, that was yeah. the, uh, they're analogy. a board member of the large, the, the only and the biggest, but it is a privatized company. 100%. It's just that they happen to be a part owner. In. Yes. Right. So. They're, they're, they're literally a stockholder. Just like me and you could be a stockholder yeah. of the same company. Yeah. I'm a part, um, o- part owner in Apple. Over here. I think that's the only one that might be a, it's gray. It's gray, but all the rest of them, here's how, you know, on the economic freedom score, right? Which uh, essentially they take all of the uh, all of the countries in the world and they rank them from a capitalist society to socialist society mm-hmm. on how easy it is to do business there. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if you want to open a business, how many regulations do you have to deal with? What's your tax rate? All the things that would be considered capitalist versus socialism. <clears throat> how many of the Nordic countries do you think would score above the United States if they were socialism, if they were socialist type states? Zero. Zero. Well, actually, three out of the five score above the United States. So three out of the five Nordic states score above the United States on the ability to do business and be capitalist-focused. That's interesting. interesting. That is interesting. With one of them being right behind us, Sweden. 
So you have Iceland, Denmark, and Finland all being much more capitalist society, economies, right? Market-based economies. <clears throat> Sweden being the very next one after the United States. <laughs> we're, I think we're like 25 or 26. Denmark's number 10. So that, I feel like this buttons up the argument pretty easily. Yeah. If you're going to call them socialists, for the top five, I'm sorry, four of the five yeah. <laughs> Scandinavian countries are within striking distance of the U.S. as far as... Heck, honestly. one of them is pretty far away. Denmark is like kind of ludic- like crazy capitalist. Mm. Like they are really... Well, yeah, because uh, wasn't... Shoot, I forget what exactly... Uh, the prime minister. Was it the prime minister? I couldn't, I couldn't remember... He the, tried to distance himself. Over at Harvard, Harvard Business? Yeah. He's like, Do, we are not a socialist-based yeah. economy. Yeah, I'm a market... Economy. He tried Free market to, economy. Yeah. Like, Prime Minister said that. In, in the commencement speech to, oh, I thought it was in the commencement speech to Harvard. He said, some of your politicians recently during the presidential race have been mentioning Denmark as a social-based economy. He's highlighting Bernie Sanders Got in a sense. He's pretty much just saying, hey, guys, we're not doing did, all the things that you think we're doing. Did you come across a term that I thought was actually pretty funny? Cuddly capitalism? I did. <laughs> I literally really read that paragraph like two or three times. I, know. I, I thought that was hilarious. Well, he's like, all of them kind of say, yeah, we, we believe in cuddly capitalism. Yeah. All right. So I just got on my second beer and uh, I, I do want to make a, a couple points as we go into our uh, second beer there as far as, you know, where we start getting our opinions and maybe pitfalls there. So, so like I said, guys, this is Mother Road Brewing Company's Conserve and Protect. Honestly, the real reason why I got this is there is a... Scout, it's a Bronco, whatever it may be on there. I thought it was cool. I'm actually looking at the Broncos (laughs) to to maybe make a a vehicle purchase here soon. So special place in my heart for those. I think those are the baddest vehicles on the road right now. So it's the entire reason we got this beer. It's so funny because I saw that. I was thinking, oh, this might be uh, why Jared's buying this. Um, We got Antelope. (laughs) Uh, Man, I've seen some antelope. They are very unique-looking animals. They look like they should be in Africa. I've only seen them in Wyoming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're here in Arizona. I've seen them multiple times. Um, they're always, like, in prairie areas. Um, very fast. Looks like they probably donate to Arizona Game oh, and Fish. Oh, wow. Yeah, actually, cheers. You're a hero for wildlife. For every can of Conserve and Protect sold, the Road Brewing Company donates a portion of the proceeds to the Arizona Game and Fish Department to help with... Uh, on the ground cons- uh, conservation of over uh, 800 species. How cool is that, man? Wow, man, we're drinking to save animals. I like it. You know, some people just don't do their part, Cody, you know? What is this, 4.3? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty light beer, actually. Yeah, 4.3 golden ale. You know, pretty good beer. What's your uh, what's your ranking on it? Well, I think it's solid, man. It's a real solid drinking beer. I would give it an honest 3.6. I think it's an honest middle of the road, upper middle. Um, I'm not going to remember much about it, but yeah, I would gonna, get it again. I'm going to go three five. Three five, yeah, there, yeah. I think I'm there right, right with you. I yeah. think, I think uh, in my head, I was thinking three five the whole time. I was, thinking, I don't think it's better than that. It is better than just right average, but it's not much. No, no. I would get um, it again. But I like the whole donating. Oh, I love that. Fish. Yeah, that's super cool. I like the can design. Yeah, that's unique. And I love that you know it caught your eye because there's a Bronco on there. So back to the podcast, man, or back to the topic at hand. Do you know what word I kept seeing over and over and over on 
why the Nordic way kind of works for the Scandinavian countries or the Nordic lack of diversity that w- that came up, but the singular word is trust. Oh yeah. The people trust of the, the Scandinavian countries trust their government. There's, there's this mutual respect for one another and saying, Hey, I'm going to do right by you because you have been and are going to continue doing right by me. Yeah. And, and that's the element I don't see ever being able to practically work here in the U.S. While I, I think their, their principles, the way they brief are, are fantastic, but of course, once you start figuring out what it costs, i.e., you know, excess of, you know, 450, 60% tax rates, depending on how much you make uh, or where you live, I guess. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me, A. But the foundational element that I do not see present here in the U.S., that is clearly, like I said, I, on damn near every article, every video, whatever I kept watching, I kept on seeing the foundational pillar of trust was instilled in both the government that they trust their people are going to do right, and that the people trust that their government has their best interest in mind. No, I, I think I I, think I agree. The trust. Um, the second one is I want to mention lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like ninety five percent or ninety percent. I saw uh, depending on the country. Um, are from the country and their parents are from the country and their grandparents are from the country. Means that they have a very long generation tie to the country. I think most people here in America, not most, maybe, maybe 30 or 40%, I would say, I feel pretty comfortable saying that, probably within three generations would find a family member that's from another country. Thousand percent. Right? Dude, I think you're actually lowballing it 30%. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, three generations. Yes, I, I would say it's probably closer to fifty. Okay, cool. But, so, uh, but still, we, we find here is we have a very we 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 are the most culturally diverse country there is. Thus, we have a lot of kind of conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, good and bad. That is yeah. right. It creates very, friction, friction creates fires. Fires exactly. create Exactly. We create a very unique culture here, right? We, you go to a city and you can see all the cool things from multiple countries or multiple different cultures. You go to Nordic countries, it is monolithic in its cultures, right? It is, yeah, you are in Denmark and you yep. get Danish culture. Yep. Yes, you are in Sweden. You get Swedish culture. And so it's it's challenging, even with their kind of push to invite uh, outsiders in, in in recent years. What I found recently is, is that they have now been pushing against that because it's caused so many challenges. So countries like Sweden has have recently invited a lot of outsiders into the country, meaning immigrants. But unfortunately, what happens is when outsiders come in, they expect all of the social programs to kick in kind of right away without actually putting putting anything into it. And they've noticed that the work ethics of some cultures is not as high as theirs. And, and that's one thing I also noticed is that there's trust between the government and the people to say, hey, if you're going to work, you're going to work hard. One thing that I wanted to note, though, is Sweden. <clears throat> Very interesting. Uh, where did I see this? Did I not save this little stat? Because this is... Oh, here it is. So Sweden, they they went, they went kind of went through a little bit of a, a socialist phase. Um, I think you mentioned this earlier in the 70s, or actually 1980s. Oh, sorry, I thought... Yeah. And, and they really pushed for uh, a more market not not a market-based economy but more hey government will own pretty much everything possible and during that point in time when they started it 
19% of Swedes agreed that it could be justified to some degree for someone to claim public welfare, public welfare when they were not eligible. Essentially kind of fraud. It's 19%. So some people say, ah, maybe, maybe they're, they give them the benefit of the doubt. 19%. In 2011, when that same survey was performed, 40% of Swedes agreed on the same exact question. Meaning that when they pumped up the socialist type of welfare system, more and more people kind of said, yeah, you know what? If they're not working, they can still get the benefits even though they don't really need it. And so what happens is it creates a society of less productivity, of course. Um, and and Swe- the Swedes now have been pushing against that. Since the early 2000s and since 2011, it looks like, they've really been now trying to deregulate all that stuff and start putting more into, hey, we want to incentivize businesses creation, entrepreneurship. We're going to reduce taxes on businesses. So it's interesting because now they're kind of going the opposite direction that most people would believe they're going into. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's anything else hmm. on here. Oh, we talked about diversity. You know how many people in total there are in the Nordic countries? Oh, yeah. Um, shoot. I, I think they equate it to like less than New York City. <laughs> well... I don't know how many people are in New York City, but I did the math. Um, the total amount between five countries, yeah. landmass is pretty big, right? Yeah. Sweden, Finland, Norway, Denmark, Iceland, fairly large. 27 million people. Mm. Guess how many people Texas has? 32. 29. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're taking four countries that are the size of population of Texas, with some of them being smaller than the state of Arizona, Singular. Mm-hmm. Most of them have 5 million people. We have 7 million in Arizona. I wouldn't say Arizona is a big population state. No. Right? I think most people that come to Arizona are like, oh, man, you guys don't have a population like issue. You don't have traffic issues. Like, we are a pretty, you know, small state. And we are only using a very small portion of the land. Yeah. Phoenix and Tucson. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, with Norway, Denmark, and Finland, I believe, um, and I don't think, maybe and Denmark, all of those countries, other than Sweden, are smaller than Arizona. Sweden has 10 million people. Everyone else has 5 million or less. Mm-hmm. Arizona's at 7 million. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, and when you said trust, I was thinking, well, I think most state states, most people kind of trust their local government or their, their governors a little bit more because they feel closer to home. Hmm. And it's probably because of population. It's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, my governor... He probably knows what's best for 5 million people. Like, 5 million people's manageable. Manageable. That's an interesting take there. As but, far as trust is deteriorated as the population grows. Well, we all know you have a friend group. 10 people, 15 yep. people. Yep. What happens after that? Acquaintance. You kind of trust them. You, you'll have a conversation with them. You'll invite them to your home. Yep. Third round. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, well, at least you know Jimmy who, oh, Cody knows Jimmy. Yeah. He must be an okay guy. So that that third that third connection, and then all of a sudden it's like LinkedIn or Facebook friend or something like that. Like, oh yeah, I met you one time. Yeah, and then it's like, nope, never met you. We'll never meet you. Not even work related. Bye. And so I thought maybe there's this issue of just they're smaller in in size that I could equate it to more of like your governor or your mayor. Hmm. Right? Like when it gets too big, it's you you can't get the trust. There's no way for a bigger country like the United States for the president to have the same amount of trust 
as the prime minister or the whatever it may be of these countries to have with their people. What do you think about that, the size thing? No, I think it's a really interesting point there because, you know, making policy for, you know, $350 million is a lot different and you're going to piss off a lot more people than making policy for $25 million. No, no, 25 is for all those countries. Right. So you're never making more policy than, than more 10 million. Than, yeah, 10 million in Sweden. Yeah. But the Everyone average else is five to six. Yeah, yeah, five to six. So you're making policy for five million people. Oh, I'm sorry. I pissed off one million people. Ah, damn. Can't get it all right. Four million love me. Yep. Yeah, man, that's an interesting point, though. I didn't really take it from a uh, from a comparison to the governor and mayor. I mean, I think it's. it's right? Yeah. Yeah, I actually liked it, man. But, you know, one thing that. One thing that kept kind of permeating throughout my mind as I was doing all these, uh, reading all these articles and stuff, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, I'm sorry, man, on the podcast where you had mentioned a pretty interesting point as far as the peak level of happiness from an income standpoint. Oh, yeah. yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was 102, 105,000. I think it was 105,000. 105,000. That's the absolute pinnacle of American money and not to rehash you know the point but if, if i if i misspeak here please correct me but it's my understanding that well yes you know it's, it's a great amount of money from a household household standpoint but also that's the peak amount to where you're not going to have to travel that much you're not going to have to mm-hmm. work overtime you're not going to have to really pick your work over your family that much to whereas in the majority of the upper echelon type incomes unfortunately your family oftentimes has to take a backseat. There, there, there's many sacrifices that are met. You really don't get the presence to be a good spouse, to be as uh, involved father. Yeah. Multitude of those, right? You're like an attorney that works 80 hours a week. You're a neurosurgeon or someone that works late hours. Yes, you 100% right. Or you're the sales guy that's on the road 30 weeks a year. You're that person that, yeah, I want to earn $250,000 a year. Yep. But unfortunately... At what cost? You have no family life. You have no personal hobbies anymore. So one thing that I can't get past. Oh, I don't know where you're going, but this is, is interesting. One thing that I can't get past is, I don't know about you, but whenever I started looking at the tax rates, I'm like, yeah, Sanders, AOC, of course you're not talking about the tax rates. But then I get back to, well, yes, they, they conveniently do omit that. But I can't get off of that peak level of happiness from a household income standpoint. It doesn't take you making that much money together, you know, as a husband and wife, you know, dual household income, it doesn't take that much to be happy. It doesn't take that much money to pick your work continuously, to not be that absentee father, if you will, right? Or that absentee spouse. So whenever I started talking about, or thinking about, I'm sorry, all of these high tax rates and understanding that the government is taking care of them and, you know, has this, you know, this high social safety net, I think is what they kept on saying it. I was like, well, would I be willing to sacrifice for the greater good and tax my income 45, 50% or whatever it may be to be happier as a whole? Because, dude, I don't know about you. I'm getting beyond sick and tired of the political strain, man. Everything, everyone is having an agenda. Everyone is kind of you versus them. If you're not with me, I'm not even going to entertain you because F you, you're an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. No matter if you're left or right, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. You, you are stupid if you don't agree with me. This this angst, you know, this this um, conspiracy theories, if these horrible gunmen are actually government plants, I mean, all these horrible, evil things 
that have made me distrust my government, would I be willing to sacrifice some more as an individual to kind of better take care of my country? The Nordic way, if you will. Yeah, so you say, hey, I'm going to provide more of my paycheck. And you believe that will lead to additional trust for the government. I think what it would do is it would fund maybe some some decent programs out there to help the betterment. I think I think it's interesting to think about considering mm-hmm. that the data is telling us that we only need one hundred five thousand dollars in peak happiness, right? Well, you know, it's funny. I said that's that's peak. Remember what I told you? the The actual number was like seventy eight thousand. Right. That's, that's that's like, like in like, the first uh, deviation, correct? Yes. Well, they said seventy eight is actually where most people need to be happy, and then everything, every dollar after that is so nominal that it really doesn't matter. But one hundred five is where it actually starts to go back down. Okay. So, but thank still, you for clarifying this. Yeah. Still, seventy eight, seventy nine thousand dollars. Like that is in striking distance for probably half of U.S. households. Well, considering your math, for the not the majority, I'm not sure the amount of states that are actually enacted this fifteen dollars per hour. Yeah. But thirty one thousand is full time times two. So that's times two, and then maybe catch yeah. a couple overtimes. I don't know. Yeah. And then you're there. Yeah, we already so, know the household I think household income is like 63, 64, yeah. So it's in striking distance yeah. for some families. So that's that's interesting to me. I have yeah. actually, that, that podcast aired, you know, probably a couple months ago. Yeah. And I haven't been able to get off that stat. Because I, yeah. like many Americans, hey, where can I find the next deal? You know, how can I, you yeah. know, provide progress. more for my family and work progress. harder and progress and buy more shit, right? Yeah. You know, so uh, the... Uh, the idea that, hey, if I pay more in taxes, will I become happier? I, I do I do think it's limiting to certain types of cultures. So I think I think there are cultures that no, that's just not I, I don't want to pay more taxes or I'm I'm going to expect a lot more. And other cultures will say, I'll pay more taxes, but I don't expect anything. Right, because most people, some some cultures don't want to take freebies, right? And so I just think there, it just differs. In America, we just have we're such a melting pot where there are some cultures that will say, even if I pay more in taxes, I'm never going to use anything free. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I, I get that. But here's what I think: by no means am I saying, oh, if I just give away all my money, yeah, I'm gonna be yeah, happy. yeah. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there are a lot of good ideas out there in government that it's like, okay, that's cool. But there's no way in hell you're ever going to be able to get that passed because it's going to cost a mm-hmm. billion, a you know, 10 billion, whatever it might be. Yeah. Towards maybe, hey, like if you guys actually had more money at your disposal, disposable money, disposable income, maybe as a government, government standpoint, yeah, maybe you guys could actually enact some of these. I, do, I freaking hate our homeless vet population. I hate yeah. the fact that 22 veterans commit suicide every day. I hate the fact that there are children that are going hungry to no fault of their own. I hate yeah. all that stuff, man. That breaks my freaking heart. So where I have friction with the tax thing is when I when I read those stats earlier about how much more money you would have if you were an American versus a mm-hmm. uh, Danish citizen, yep. you would have uh, right under $12,000 more in your pocket. How much does healthcare cost a month ish? Assuming you're part of a plan, not HSA. Six hundred bucks a month. Yeah. What is that? Family. What is that per year? It's about what five k a year. Okay. 
7200 I'm sorry, 6 times 12? Okay. Yeah, 7200 7, So now we're talking about $4,000 of difference. Now that's for one person, right? So you yeah. double that. So you okay. have actually $20,000 okay. okay. a year for a family. Uh, I'm just saying it's not like it's it's completely apples to apples because you do get other perks by yeah, sacrificing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just want to make sure that was, that was clear. No, 100%. I'm not trying to say that it's like cut and dry. Like I get $12,000. I'm just saying what I do with those $12,000 is now up to me. And I think there's something American about that. I, I agree. Think, I, I agree with that. Right. There's something to saying, Hey, you know what? You get the choice. And I saw this video of, uh, some, some crazy YouTubers. They went down to Cuba. They bought a ticket down to YouTube or down to Cuba. <laughs> down to YouTube. Yeah. They're crazy YouTubers. And they, and they videoed, they vlogged their entire experience in Cuba. And the craziest thing I thought is when they went to the grocery store and they went down an aisle and every single one of the items was the exact same brand and the exact same flavor. No differentiation, no nothing. I was thinking, well, I would really like that can of beans for probably three days and then I would want to switch it up. And so that's one thing that you, you'll find in America that I don't think you see in other countries. And it's funny because if, you, if you've been to some grocery stores that are kind of coming into America nowadays that are from like Germany and things like that, what are they called? Uh, Aldi's. Aldi's and, and a couple others. Yep. You go to Trader Joe's, right? That's a Germany-based company too. Um, you go to there, they don't really have a lot of options, right? It's like, hey, this is the brand and this is the one flavor we have of spaghetti. So one thing that's truly America is that we get options. And the other thing that, that creates is the ability to be the option as an entrepreneur. You identify the need. Yeah. Because if you go to these countries and you are the bean provider, you are the guy that cans beans. How many other bean providers are there? None. Can you, do you, is there an option to be the bean provider? No. no. Guess what? In American stores, and you want to start small, I'm guessing Sprouts probably has a different bean provider than, than Kroger and Fries. And, yep. you know, so I think there's just America, what we say is, hey, you know what? If you make a better option, you have the ability to win. And, I, and that's the difference, I think. You can take that extra $12,000 and invest it in yourself, or you can invest it in healthcare, or you can do, you can do whatever you want with it instead of saying that it's the only option. What do you think about that? No, so I, I agree with that in principle. But the thing I can't come off of, you mean to tell me all five, there, there are two, over 200 countries in this world. Mm -hmm. All five Scandinavian countries are finishing in the top 10, the top 5% yeah. of the world as far as, like, is that not the point of earning money, of buying stuff? Of, of being happy. Of being happy. I mean, is that not, you know, the point of life? Have a family, have friends, have loved ones, have a have a happy life. I mean, how else how else would you define happiness, right? Or, yeah, or fulfillment happy, in life. The happiness scale is very interesting. But but it's year in and year out. I wonder what the I wonder what the questions are. I don't know. Like, hey, do you feel fulfilled with your job? I'm guessing that's one of the questions. Hey, do, are you happy with the amount of time you get to spend with your family? Are you financially secure? Yeah. Like, do you do without? I guess would be the question. Because if you ask me, hey, Cody, you want to go live in an area where four or five months of the year is in total darkness. I'd be like this. Uh, yeah. If I shoot myself, mm -hmm. like that would make me unhappy. But, but, but I how, wonder what makes them get how to around crazy. That. Cause like in the Northeast, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. I missed up there in the Northwest. Heck, actually you spend a little bit of time in, uh, yeah, in oh yeah. Washington, you know, you know, the, the gray days, I believe is what oh, they call yeah. it. 
suicide rates go way the hell up. Alaska, in the days. Washington, highest suicide rates. It's horrible in the gray days. But yet now we have five countries, to your point. Interesting. Months in darkness. Yeah. But yet they're happy as shit. Huh. So it's like, I can't get off that, man. That, that, is, that is the point of life. You know, whenever you wanted to marry your wife, you wanted to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the foundational of every decision. You want to make the best decision and become happier, right? Yeah. So I'm I can't, looking I can't this up go. right now as I open my third so, period. So yeah, I, I can't get off that, man. So that's where I think there's something to the Nordic way. So Finland has topped the latest rankings. They're number one. And all other Nordic countries have ranked in the top 10. Of course, this is Forbes. I'm just wondering, like, what are the questions they're asking? I know. I wonder if they're, like, I'm not a big believer in the IQ test. Right? I think I think there's a different way to intelligence. I'd pick EQ well, over I, IQ all day I think long. you need to have multiple. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. It's not it's just one thing. Exactly. And so I don't think there's, like, like, yeah, somebody could be 140 on an IQ test. And they could be a genius or they could be a hermit, right? There's, there's two options. And, and one of them, I think we would celebrate and one of them we'd be like, ah, I'm not exactly excited for you. Mm-hmm. And I think you could also be really good at EQ, but really, or really dumb. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And not be able to probably. You couldn't make any points. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think you need, there's a, there's a mix and there's not a good test for that. So I'm just wondering how does, how is this test provided? I don't know. I didn't see it down here quickly at least, mm. but Okay, so you're really stuck on this whole happiness scale. I, I just so you think is there is there? I'm guessing here's your logic train, and correct me if I'm wrong. Hey, there's a certain income level. Once I hit that, everything else of that money should go to the state for them to provide all of the things that they think that I need, but also to make sure my neighbors receive, so that we're all kind of on a similar playing field. So that there's a less gap of um, possible, uh, uh, I wish I had more. It reduces the Instagram effect that we're seeing right now in America. Where, oh my God, that person's got a Lambo. Say rented it for 225 an hour and got some photos on it. All that stuff. I told you about the private jet oh, it makes me photos sad. in New York. Yep. Right? I go to a airport and I'm like looking on Google Maps and I see that they're doing uh, Gulfstream jet uh, photos for an hour for eight hundred dollars, yep. so people can come out there and pretend like they own a, a jet or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so you're saying you believe that that type of society might be creating more, uh, creating sadness, creating sadness. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, um, it, it, it's really it's really challenging for me because. Truthfully, this has these points that I'm making have gone against my economic beliefs and and honestly, even my own practices, if I'm being honest. But I do think there is something to, I'm not going to say making too much money because I don't believe that. I I, I love a capitalistic society. I love the fact that I see a direct output for my input. I love that. And and quite frankly, I do love that the government doesn't take 60% of my money. That's awesome. I'm just saying that there's something to be said and I don't think it's what I get pissed about is unfortunately given the the two sponsors for this in Bernie Sanders and, and AOC I just think conservatives naturally dismiss it 
And I don't think the Nordic way or the Nordic principles deserve to be dismissed given the data that we've uncovered in past podcasts. That's what I'm willing to say. No, I like, no, I'm not trying to dismiss. No, and interpret that way. I just wanted to make sure I was abundantly clear. Yeah. Because the two sponsors for the Nordic way from an American standpoint, it just is easy to dismiss as a conservative. And, And I don't think, I don't think that's right. No, no. I and what I would say is maybe you know there's an equilibrium, and I and I even say this zero to a hundred. Yep. What's the tax rate? Yep. There is some equilibrium that's the perfect number. Of course, that's different for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may say, yeah, I need sixty thousand dollars a year. Some people say I might need one hundred and fifty, and that's how you get at one hundred and five, right? There's averages. Yep. Um, <sighs> what do you think, man? I, I'm, I'm sure you weren't expecting me to, to say no, that. So no, 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 no. I love, I love that you're bringing up the happiness score. I saw this multiple times. I didn't know if it was worth re- reviewing. I actually watched this guy. He's a Swedish guy. And he did the top 10 things I love about being Scandinavian and the top 10 things I hate. Oh, interesting. Being Scandinavian. And it was pretty cool. You know, he's our age. He lived in London. He lived in Tokyo. And he lives in Sweden. Okay. Right? So Stockholm. Pretty well, pretty well traveled. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well traveled. And he was able to compare and say, you know, these are the things I, I love about it. These are the things I hate. It. He's like, one of the things, and I brought it up, one of the things that he absolutely hates is the like idea that no one is special. Mm. Right? He's like, it's very odd because when I go to London, right, like there's an idea that, you know, hey, make something that's exciting. Create something. Be 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 a designer. Be an artist. Be an entrepreneur. Do something that's exciting. Be something special, right? Somebody had to create, you know, the London Bridge. Somebody had to create the Big Ben. Somebody had to create the Mona Lisa. Whatever it may be, that's exciting. In in Sweden, there's the idea not to do those things. Okay, that's interesting to say. Like, that's one of the things he hates about it. And then some of the things he liked about it, he's like, hey, I love that my schooling was free here. I love that my healthcare was free here. But then I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, how much healthcare have you really used, dude? You're like 28. Mm-hmm. Zero. Probably yeah. in shape guy. Yeah, he, he, was not, he was out of shape. Yeah. Probably zero. Uh, you know, free healthcare or free schooling. Okay, well, we have free schooling all the way up to 12. And then, you know, college. He, he went to London for school. So that means he actually had to end up paying for it. Right? So he got free schooling up to what we would be used to. And then he went to London. So free, free schooling is kind of similar to what we're here for America. And so, <clears throat> I don't know. He was seeing all these weird things. And he's like, hey, you know, getting a house here is very challenging in Stockholm. Like he says, you have to go on a waiting list that's up to 30 to 40 years. A waiting list? 30 to 40 years? Yeah. Years. 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 He said he was able to go to London, get a house in one week. Or sorry, an uh, apartment. Apparently, Stockholm, Sweden is the hardest place to buy an, or to rent an apartment in the entire world. Okay, so <clears throat> I understand, you know, not feeling like an individual, almost constantly identifying as a group. Uh, it's kind of coggish, like, you know, like a cog so, machine. So I want to... Maybe that's where I'm getting caught up on. I want to make an analogy. You're a big analogy guy. I'm, yeah. I'm spinning this one up, so I'm, I'm still working on the details in my head. That's why I'm keeping. That's on what re- I always do, man. That's why I'm keep repeating myself right now as I uh, continue to try to work it out. So you're the general manager. You're yeah. the general manager of a football team, right? Mm-hmm. There's 11 starters on on offense, right? Okay. Would you rather a stud quarterback? I mean, this guy is—he's your MVP of uh-huh. the league, actually. He, he's just a stud. Yeah. 
and 10 other less than stellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or would you rather 11 good to pretty good on the scale? What, what is better for the team? You know, it's interesting. I think most people probably would go with your second option until the Patriots. I think, I think having a coach that's amazing with 11 players that are kind of mediocre and figuring out exactly what they're really good at. Because I, I think most people may say, even Todd Brady was not a star player until he was on the right team to make him a star player. Correct? Yeah, coming out of college, he was, you know, six-round draft pick, exactly. 199 overall exactly. we the so story, and then he, he developed into what exactly. he did. So even in my analogy, maybe zero out of 11 players need to be stars. But having the right structure, the right maybe and, – and this is – I'm not saying this is good for me or you right yeah. now in this argument because having the right economic policy can create the best results. And I think that what the Patriots have done over the last 15, 20 years is they've created the right structure to make the best of what they had. Right, you don't need star players. You don't even need a star quarterback. You don't need a star wide receiver. You just can make it work with the right type of structure, the right type of mentality, the right type of discipline, and then all of a sudden you you develop star players. And I think that's probably the best deal. You do need some type of person to orchestrate it, though, and that's what I think Bill Belichick did. Right, he orchestrated it. That's what good leaders in a in a government or even I would say a business would do. I don't know if that's a good rebuttal. Of yeah, it, but no, no, it wasn't a rebuttal, just a, yeah. an elaboration of yeah. the analogy there. Um, uh, essentially, what I would go back is almost that is the Nordic way in that, hey, they trust the Bill Belichick, they trust the government, yeah, and then the players, uh, I'm sorry, the government then trust the players to watch the film, to take the reps, to do what they need to do in order to win. Yeah. So I think that's where that two-way trust street is, to where, and that's where I struggle with the Nordic way as far as a direct application to America. We celebrate yeah. diversity way too much. And I'm saying that's a good thing. Eh. Yeah. So I don't want to say we celebrate diversity way too much. We celebrate diversity, period. Yeah. And I, actually, I do think maybe we celebrate it too much. I think we do need to have some I think that's I think that's a separate podcast, though. Oh, okay. So I don't want to get off of that. Seriously. Yeah. And just so you guys know, when I say diversity, I mean like lots of things. When I'm not trying to be like, oh, we need This to isn't all... racially charged. Yeah, there, yeah, there's I a know. lot of ways you can be diverse. Yeah. And I just mean like, hey, we have a simple goal for America. That, that's what I'm saying is like, it seems like when you read through Sweden, Denmark, they all have kind of a common goal they're trying to push for. And that's what I think one of the things that maybe America is lacking right now, and maybe why we've kind of been stagnant is, is hey, what's our common goal? Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're from some, you know, uh, country in Asia, some country in Africa, some Caribbean country, or if you were born here, guess what? Our common goal is to... I'll build something creative. Don't mm-hmm. be, be something exciting. Be be your own self. That's kind of our mm-hmm. American Americanism, or what's the right terminology? Is that was nationalism? I think is American American yeah, way. American way. The, the so, dream. So as we kind of conclude this episode, man, I, I guess the point that I want to get across is you think they're doing something pretty good over there. I I think they're onto something. I, I think what. What they have going is a very unique, but I also think it's a very Scandinavia-centric type mentality because, because the differences in America from the diversity, from the American way, the American dream even. I mean, it just permeates throughout every immigrant and hopefully every American here. So I don't think it works, but all I wanted to hopefully challenge someone's traditional thought process and guys, it doesn't take 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to be happy. You know, these are the five countries that are year in and year out in the top 10. And usually one of them takes the top spot and they get the living shit taxed out of them. Right. But they are overall happy. And I think what I would much rather have on my dying day, on my dying deathbed, is I would much rather be able to reflect on not just the money that I made, but how happy I was. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's funny. You have other countries on here that I wouldn't imagine, but Israel, number four. Or number five, I guess. Where's America? Just out of curiosity. I don't have... I said the top 10 here. Mm -hmm. Um, But Costa Rica rounds out the top 10. You know, I've heard so many good things about Costa Rica. But that's definitely not, you know, what you would think as, uh, I guess, one of the top, you know, happiest countries. But the number... The least happiest... (laughs) Man, poor Afghanistan. They have the lowest ranking happiness score. They are not happy in Afghanistan, apparently. South Sudan is rough. Yeah, that whole area of the world has been at war for hundreds of years. Um, so always having killed U.S. is animals. 19th. Okay, so we're not like... And there's probably 170 countries or so? 146. Out of, I okay. thought there was like 200. Heck, I thought there was... I, think was I like, thought there was like 200 countries in the U.N. So why are there only... Uh, maybe 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 they only score so many based on population. I'm guessing some of those like probably island countries they can't score. Okay, so um, coming to a close here. Oh, there are 195 countries. Okay, so between me and you, you know, in in 2024, one of us gets to become president. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I know. So one of us decides, hey man, I don't want to be the front face. I want to be the campaign manager. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm in. I want to be the campaign manager. Damn. I don't want any of my stuff coming out. Oh, God. They would just rip me. I know. So anyways, so uh, when we're running and you say, hey, we are going to take the Scandinavian model and apply it to America. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. You're kind of saying, hey, let's, let's take some of the good things here that they have. We're going to increase taxes across the board. But you're going to get some really nice safety nets. That's kind of like the trade-off, right? You're like, hey, we're going to make sure everybody gets this. And the idea here is that we're going to make sure that everybody is in a position to not fail, it seems like. Is that kind of what you're leaning on? So here's, here's where I'm at. So we're running, right? And... What I want is I want actual unity to take place in that, hey, guys, this isn't some radical left-wing yeah. agenda. This isn't some, you know, Trumper right agenda, right? This is something saying, hey, both sides, shut up, sit down. This is what you have to sacrifice. This is what you have to sacrifice. And this is actually going to be the result. And there needs to be a non politically charged or non-political party charged agenda towards like, hey, this is actually the betterment of America. Because I think we piss away a lot of money too. I know. I mean, we piss away. We've given away to Ukraine $55 billion. I mean, we piss away some money. So I think a little bit more transparency. And guys, I'm making this, you know, pie in the sky dream. I don't know what the president deals with. No idea. I know. One of the challenging things with America, we're in such a weird big brother spot. 
right? They just think like, if bring it home. Um, I know it's hard for you because you're only sibling. Yep. But I have multiple brothers, and it, you know, even it, you know, even in the best of worlds, or even the worst of worlds, when you're in the big brother spot or the big sister spot or whatever it may be, and one of your siblings gets under hard times, you want to help them. You'd say, hey, you know what? Hey, I, I got an extra bed. I got an extra room. I'm going to help you out for 30 days. I'm going to help you. I, I, even if you are cold, even if you are a capitalist, even if you are trying to teach them a lesson, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're family. And I think there's something there to Scandinavia where they kind of have that whole, hey, we're in this together. We're going to lock arms and help each other out. As long as I know you are going to sweat, as long as I know you're going to bleed when you go get a job. And I think that's where siblings kind of are, right? Where when you have siblings or, or uh, brother, sister, sorry. And I think it's kind of what you want to do with your siblings is, hey, I want to lock arms. And I'm just thinking, I would want to do that. I would help my, my brothers, of course. Why wouldn't I? Why would I not? Um, but then it's like, how long? Because at a certain point, I'm handicapping them. And that's where I think America's always pushed back. Is like, I don't want... I want to teach my my fellow Americans how to fish. I don't want to always have to catch the fish for them. And I think even Scandinavia has pushed back on a lot of these policies. They've they've put time limits on things. They've they've stated that hey, immigrants don't get these things uh, in the in the first couple of years when they're here because they found out that people were taking advantage of the system. You know, if my brother said, "Yeah, this couch is nice. You know, get Netflix. Shit, your fridge is always full. How long are you gonna stay?" And that's one thing that America always gets. They don't. I think American in general, we don't want to get taken advantage of because a lot of Americans work really hard. And that's one thing I always am thinking. Okay, well, how do we make sure that there's like an equilibrium to not give away too much of people that work really hard? You know, like oh, I always feel bad. I, I heard somebody the other day on, uh, I think it was like Jimmy Fallon or something like that. Uh, some celebrity said, "I don't get it." You know, Middle America, they don't even produce five, six states don't even produce the same amount of money as California does. We should be running everything. When she said that, I thought, well, let's just have them shut down for a week and see if you starve, because Middle America. Is our food production? Uh, yeah, the wheat basket. Uh huh. <laughs> There's a reason it's called the wheat basket. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you may be really good at producing some tech goods, and yeah, California—they're in a fortunate spot where they also produce a lot of food goods as well. But it's it's very um, short-sighted to say, hey, you know what? That group of people over there doesn't support me at all, or things like that. Like, hey, we're we're we all we're all in this together. To your point. You know, it, it, one of my favorite analogies. So for all our listeners, I had the opportunity to serve our great nation as a logistics officer, right? And at the club, you know, whenever a bunch of different officers getting around, drinking beers, talking shit, right? We'd have pilots that would come in and they would be very quick to remind us that uh, they are the tip of the spear, right? And truthfully, they freaking are, right? But also... What are you without your fuel? What are you without your ammunition? Where are you without your maintenance team? Where are you without your crew chief? You know, yes, you may be the tip of the spear, but the only way that spear is effective is the shaft behind it. 
Yeah. Everybody, everybody has a place, like, you know, good, bad, and different. Everyone has a place. And, and, and whether it's in your own family, your, your small community, your, uh, your country. I think everybody wants better things too. I think that's always kind of a deception, not deception, but it was a challenge when you're talking about politics. I think everybody always wants to say that somebody's trying to get one over on other people. Oh, I'm trying to get one over on your group of people. No, I'm actually trying to help out everybody. Mine's just a different route to get there. That's where I get, I think, you know, we're, you're getting a little upset about how people are, are demonizing the Scandinavians if you're conservative mm-hmm. or, or putting them on a pedestal if you're a Democrat. Yep. Um, you're saying, hey, you know what? They got a good model. They're happy. <laughs> maybe there's things we can replicate. I'll say, if the play's been ran and he knows it scores touchdowns, yeah. maybe it's not a touchdown in America, but maybe it gets us in field goal range. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah, maybe, like, hey, guess what? We're, we are going to win more often than them. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, we are yeah. a bigger country. We have more DGP. We're just a bigger country. We are winning more often. And we have, and I meant the big brother thing. I kind of lost my train of thought there, but unfortunately, we are a big brother to those countries too. Because if they get invaded, guess what happens? If Russia decides to take over Finland, hey, Uncle Sam, <laughs> that's where that was my Please. big brother analogy. That I kind of forgot about when I was running through my thoughts. Sorry, guys, uh, third beer in. But what I was thinking about is that they also have the benefit of knowing that they're friendly with us. Sweden, Denmark, Finland—they're homies. They're kind of like, hey, um, we don't need to put any money into our military, even though we are miles away from uh, Russia. Literally. Yes. <laughs> like, hell, doesn't Finland actually share a border? They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's like, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, um, we're not going to do this because we got Big Brother to come back us up when we decide to yep, 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 or get in a fight. Or maybe Finland's like, oh, man, we got a lot of oil over here now. And Russia's like, yeah, we need that oil. That's never happened before. Oh, wait, Ukraine. Uh, yeah. Right? And so that's one of the things that's also kind of special. that they have, a, they have a good relationship that benefits their citizenship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I love that you took a different perspective on this. I had no idea doing starting research that I was going to go there. The happiness thing's funny. I, I read a bunch about it, and I just never got intrigued enough. And it's funny how, you know, this is, just shows that people get intrigued by different things. Mm-hmm. And you went back and said, you know, wait a minute here. We're talking about taxes. That means money. Well, how does that relate to happiness? We talked about, rec- you know, in another episode, well, money doesn't actually equal happiness. A certain amount does. Yeah. yeah you need your basic needs that. Yeah. Dude, I love this. This is a good episode. I think a lot of people probably are just going to learn a little bit about Scandinavia that they know. The Nordic model. That's going to be new to, to certain people. Hopefully. Yeah, like what is it exactly? <sighs> what I found out, I didn't know the tax was this high. I had no clue. When I saw, when I did the math on the $15 an hour job, and it's like half. Man, you imagine going to a job Dude. and getting paid $15 an hour and just saying, oh, wow, now I get Taking home seven. What? Seven dollars. So, the biggest jaw-dropping stat that I read: top ten percent of Americans pay forty-seven percent of the taxes. Top ten percent in Scandinavia pay twenty-five percent of the taxes. I, I couldn't yeah. believe that. it's the corporate taxes. The corporate taxes are oh, better there. Oh my gosh! Right? Oh yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. Later.